Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Greetings, constant listeners. It's Michael Rose Red Rothman. Today, our buddy John Campobiano is back with a new documentary he made with his pal, Chris Griffiths. You may have heard of it. It's called Pennywise, The Story of It, all about Tommy Lee Wallace's It miniseries. And uh, they got everyone. Uh, and it's been a long time in the making, like five years maybe. Uh, but it's uh, finally out now on Screenbox. And I don't want to sound like a complete shill, but I did catch a screener of it last weekend. And it's phenomenal. It's, it's well worth the wait. And for us constant readers who grew up with the miniseries and the story, it's fucking nine layer cake uh but objectively it's 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 this complete elaborate visual storybook of an era that and i can't speak for you but an era i certainly miss um you know a time when ingenuity and creativity were pretty much all you had to get things over the finish line um and and i think we can all agree that this is an ip that has yet to sleep uh so a lot of buzz on this and a lot of buzz for us um but even beyond the bus, it's just an incredible doc. I mean, you really do feel like you're with family and friends, and, um, and it's just it's just wonderful. It's a really, really nice watch, and, you know, so put it on. It's on Screenbox. You can get it. Um, I think you can actually get a free month right now if you sign up. So, hey, win-win. Uh, but what are we doing here right now? Well, in anticipation of all of this, we thought we'd rerun our big 30th anniversary reunion from way, way back in 2020. <laughs> Uh, if you recall, John helped us reunite the losers during the pandemic, and I feel like we had not one, but two Zoom conversations, and uh, we talked to Marlon Taylor, Brandon Crane, Ben Heller, Adam Frazel, and yes, Emily Perkins. So if you've heard the interview, cool. Go check out the doc. If you haven't, enjoy this interview. <laughs> Consider it a nice sweet treat for this week, uh, but then also go check out the doc. Again, Screenbox, get there. I sound like a shell, I know. But look, there's a reason for it. It's fun. Go check out the stock. Anyway, enough, Mike. Short of that, I'll be seeing you later this week for another episode of the Losers Club. <laughs> so don't float away. Long days, pleasant nights. Beep, beep. Anyway, we're sort of a club. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Constant listeners, we are the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast from the Consequence Podcast Network. 
I'm one of your co-hosts tonight, Michael Rothman, and you are Randall? My name is Randall Colburn. All right. We are so excited to be co-hosting this panel here at Salem Horror, because if you couldn't tell, our podcast name is a reference to Stephen King's It. And boy, do we have a connection today. We're going to be talking with the original Losers Club from Tommy Lee Wallace's 1998 miniseries, right in time for its 30th anniversary. And before we bring in the OGs, uh, because these are the real losers, you know, you've been hearing us <laughs> for a few years, but we got the real ones here. So, um, you know, we're not worthy uh, of Wayne's World 2, of Wayne's World 1 reference. I don't know why I thought it was Wayne's World 2. But uh, anyway, um, let's introduce our third co-host of the evening, uh, a great guy uh, who's literally in the land of King's Dominion, uh, filmmaker, writer, archivist, all around amazing guy, John Campopiano. How are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Glad to be Thanks here. Thanks for being here. No, seriously. Seriously. This, is, this has been great. Uh, how are you doing? Doing well. It's fall in New England, so, you know, things are great. Yeah, I'm officially jealous. So you look like you, your your backyard probably looks like my uh, temporary uh, desktop screensaver when I get on the computer. Yeah, probably does. Yeah, you have these amazing photos where I'm like, wow, does that place exist? And it does. It's, it's uh, well, look, uh, we've got some guests to add to this chat, uh, and this is this is not like a podcast. Where we can just kind of bring in in, in the calls. You're gonna actually see this because you're literally watching us right now. You can see Dale Cooper's in the background. With us. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's introduce, uh, Brandon Crane. Uh, you know, are you there, Brandon? I'm here. Oh, Glad to be God. here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Um, you know, breathing in some smoke. Um, mm. not doing that now. So we're, uh, we're good. We're on, we're ready for fall. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're all ready to get to the fall season and the winter and I'm kind of, Kind of ready to close up uh, the doors like Jack Torrance again, even though I'm probably the only one that's going to say that. But anyway, uh, also joining us is our favorite Boy Scout, Ben Heller. Hey, hey, everybody. Yep, thanks, thanks for for bringing me in. Good to see you. Happy to have you. Happy to have you. Happy to have you. Good and, to be here. <laughs> and another guest, Adam Frazel. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well. How's it going? Nice to Fantastic. see you. Fantastic. Nice to see. You. What is it on your beanie, by the way? Actually, what is it? Oh, it's a, a Canadian beer company, Fuggles and Warlock. Nice. 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 <laughs> also joining us from Canada is Emily Perkins. Hello, Michael, Randall, John, and everybody else. <laughs> nice to see you. I'm in Vancouver, and great to be here. I'm totally jealous that you're in Vancouver because um, all my favorite shows shoot in Vancouver, so in, in my... Uh, my former sister-in-law lives out there and just used to send photos. And I'm just like, why don't you this is This looks like heaven. It looks like the greatest place in the world. Is it the greatest place in the world? Mm. <laughs> no? It, <kind> <laughs> it, it really is. In terms of like weather and stuff like that, it's, it's good because climate change is actually helping us. Like we used to get a lot more rain and now our summers are like beautiful, perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Best of all worlds. Um, yeah. Great place to be going forward with climate catastrophe. Well, look, we're all here. Uh, this is a great one. You know, um, Marlon Taylor, uh, unfortunately, uh, couldn't join us yet. Um, might be popping up uh, within the hour. Uh, hopefully, we, we, we hope. But, uh, you know, this isn't the first time you've reunited recently, you know. Um, you know John, you've got a movie uh, coming up uh, around the band. You want to talk about that for a little bit and basically how all you all kind of 
hung out together over the last couple of years, uh, last year, and certainly over the last, you know, 30 years. Uh, but how, specifically last year, especially with this documentary, talk about that a little bit, John. I'm interested to hear about it. Yeah, so um, I started work on a documentary back in 2017 now. Um, so it's taken a while. But, um, and yeah, I've been working with a team out in the UK. And, um, you know, it's a full retrospective documentary about the making of the miniseries and its legacy. And I got to know these guys over the course of the last three years, working on interviews and then doing some conventions. We've been, I've been fortunate enough to travel with them to Europe and appear at some shows with some of my collection and um, have gotten to know them uh, over that course of time. So uh, it's been a pleasure. And you've been, I mean, I've, I've seen so many videos of, you know, all of you like overseas, uh, you know, in Germany and Manchester. Manchester is one of my favorite cities of the world also. It's a uh, great city. So good. Uh, some of my favorite music coming out of there. But um, how were these travels and, you know, how has your dynamic changed? How did you feel like your dynamic changed, you know, back in, you know, then, you know, the, the, the late 80s when you were filming, you know, the miniseries? It was surreal, I think, for Epsom's to kind of lead off just kind of surreal from from the start like wow it's been so long you know and there was just I think kind of spotty contact between a few people you know um, in the years in um, between but I mean for me at least it was I mean I don't know if I can really totally describe the feeling because it was just great it was unique you're you know it was reconnecting with with people that you, you've shared something with that you uh, is 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 uh like nothing else that I've shared with other people, you know, close people in my life. And so it was easy to re reconnect, I guess, is what I'm, I'm getting at. Did you say in touch, like, I mean, do you have like a text thread? I mean, we, with, with our friends, we usually have this like, ridiculous text thread. It just keeps on going and going forever. <laughs> Sharing like all reface gifs and stupid comments all the time about random things all left and right, inside jokes to American Pie. But um, for for you, have you do you have like an email thread? If you if you if you kept up on you know, Discord or like text, like how over the years have you really kept in touch? Uh, I mean, I think the bulk of it is really since John, you know, sort of you know um, got got everyone kind of uh, um, collected and uh, and but I mean prior to that, I guess uh, was was by uh, landline if you if you remember that. Oh, okay. um, you would pick up the phone and had this thing was like, hey, what's up, man? Um, and left uh, messages on people's answering machines. <laughs> and that's how long it was, you know, um, pretty much. And, and I think Brandon and I uh, reconnected when LinkedIn uh, happened. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so no, that was you, that was like <laughs> you were in L.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was like 2005. Yeah, yeah, right, right Maybe? in that range. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it was great. You were, <laughs> was cool. you were right in my neighborhood. It was so awesome mm -hmm. to just kind of hang out and I was. catch up on old times. Yeah, super random, great. but yeah, it was. And then, and then, yeah, it's been it's been frequent, I, I guess, in the last few years, couple of years. Yeah, for all of us to see it's each been other, nice. it's been nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How would you guys say, how would you characterize sort of the downtime when you guys were filming when you were kids? Uh, was there sort of a pervasive creep factor with Tim Curry walking around as Pennywise? Or uh, what was sort of, um, you know, what was it like off camera? I think it depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> I, think, um, I think if you ask Tommy Lee Wallace, um, he, his opinion might vary from ours. I, I think <laughs> our rambunctiousness may have worn thin. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> uh, were, were any of you um, coming into the production like scared of clowns? Like, or like, what were your fears back then? You know, I mean, like, so much of this is about the the fears that you fester within your own id. Like, what were you? I mean, coming into the set, obviously, you had your own character fears. But what were stuff that you were afraid of back then? And maybe have you conquered that fear since then? Emily, what, 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 do you recall, uh, you know, what you, you know, things that kept you scared at night <laughs> or, uh, you know, in general? Yeah, well, when we made it, I had not seen very many horror movies yet. I'd seen, I'd just seen The House on Sorority Road. And that was, that really scared me. I think I was like six when I saw that. And um, anything else? Oh, the Ewok adventure that really scared me. And yeah, and other than that, um, yeah, no, I wasn't really afraid of clowns or anything because I hadn't seen like poltergeist or anything like that. So yeah, well, it's good to know that like if you were literally in the the dairy universe, the king universe, that like Pennywise would have to become an Ewok. Like <laughs> after you, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Just like Ewoks that were scary. There was like this giant guy who, like, I can't remember what he did, but he killed people or killed Ewoks. Yeah, he was a giant. I haven't seen it since I was like seven, so yeah. I can't really remember <laughs> what happened. But it's still this like giant Ewok guy it scares me to this day. <laughs> like this is very yeah vague. Did any of the horror that existed in the in the movie did any did any of you guys relate to that like were there any uh you know sequences or things that your character was afraid of that maybe bled into your own life a little bit i mean i guess for me the things that that scared me legitimately um were like the thoughts of a freddy or a jason coming out of the bushes or out of the dark when i'm in the basement or something you know when i was a little kid and so in a way i guess and it's, i like the question because i haven't really thought about applying that to you know what what you had said there but i i think perhaps yeah that that is a little bit like the werewolf you know or 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 the mummy you know um that that kind of thing um but uh but yeah those those horror movies i believed they could happen to some degree <laughs> it took me a while to to shake that fear um but other other movies scared the crap out of me uh and still disturb me like deliverance yeah, oh, I saw, yeah. saw that when I was like, you know, 10 or 11 years old somehow. <laughs> and I, that I was, I was very disturbed and, and afraid after that of, of things, but that, does the that list goes on. Does that pop up in your head? Like when you're like hiking out in the Pacific Northwest and you're just like, all right, <laughs> no, well, so no, but it would, if I was on the Appalachian trail or in that region, perhaps um, a little bit more, it might. Um. <laughs> just waiting there to jump out of a bush for you. <laughs> You know, in the Pacific Northwest, we think more about pr actual predators uh, yeah. when, when you're out hiking. I'll say, Adam, I uh, that scene in the shower, um, it's, it's, it's hokey in its own way with the shower things coming out. But I will say, when I was a kid, that was, um, that made me terrified of drains. Like, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, Bev has her experience with the bathroom drain, but it was Pennywise coming out of the drain in the floor uh, that, like, is to me still sort of the defining <laughs> scary moment of that entire miniseries, and it still freaks me out. So I just want to say thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say that was one of the two times actually filming where it was a little, 
like high intensity where the actual filming process and everything that was going on actually really felt like it was a bit much sometimes because there's like uh Tommy Willis giving directions over like this big speaker system and then like all the noise from them telling the people behind the scenes what to do and then all the noise from the shower heads and everything and then me having to memorize my lines and not slip on a wet tile and kill myself uh, actually although that probably would have been able to use that to fix it in post but um yeah no that was a very intense scene and although it didn't really cross over into my actual life like i've never been afraid of drains it's a comment it's like oh you were that kid i hate drains now because of you and i'm like <laughs> Well I keep done. telling people, like, I kill clowns. Like, you should be less afraid of them. I don't know. Yeah. That's the best I can offer. Yeah, yeah. I th there's something about stop motion that really, like, stuck with me, too, that I, I don't think, uh, I wonder if it is, like, a kind of scary thing for kids nowadays, if it's just, like, one of those things where they just have to because they don't use a lot of stop motion anymore, and people are just, like, kids will just go, like, what is that? But for me, <laughs> it, was, it was literally like that. It was, like, I, you know, the scariest part of Evil Dead for me is just literally seeing, like, the melting thing. Even though it looks fake, I'm just, like, what if it wasn't and that was really happening <laughs> like, fucking things are moving around and like the tiles moving like it just looks so like plenty of michael jackson uh, videos growing up where he's just like the bunny rabbit thing like scared the shit out of me I, like, <laughs> like, great song like, yeah doing? um you know brandon what, what about you like what, what were some fears growing up for you um that, that maybe manifested in your own character even just beyond the, the production yeah no um i had really only done comedy right so when I came into this, my biggest fear uh, was not sucking. Right? <laughs> I didn't so you fall into that category I, of like maybe public speaking a little bit, or it's just like people are, you're just scared of like like fumbling in front of like thousands of people or hundreds of people or something like that. Yeah, like blowing it. Yeah, or just not being good enough, right? Because okay, a quick little history. I think I got fired from a TV show when I was eight. Um, <laughs> It's all kind of coming to me now, right? <laughs> um, so there was this, this TV series and we shot uh, two episodes back to back, right? It was the pilot and then what was the next episode? Uh, I'm doing a He-Man toy commercial, right? And there's a kid practicing my lines from the pilot we already shot. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is it? You're, you're stepping on my shit. Like, I'm like well, <laughs> what are you doing, man? We shot that already. You know, you so like, you know, eight-year-old actor kid trying to flex, you know? What are you doing? <laughs> Please. We've already shot that. You're not impressing anybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it turns out they were recasting uh, my role. So I'm in episode one, and then it's some other kid for two episodes. And then I'm in episode four again, you know, like... We gonna cool. notice, right? <laughs> sure. There was nothing funny about that show, <laughs> right? And this is nothing funny about, um, you know, that perceived failure. I mean, my face leaked in the car all the way home for hours trying to process how did I, I'm not on that show anymore? Like, <laughs> wait, wait, oh wait, I'm still gonna be in the show, but only, that's weird, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. Could you imagine like that being a total troll? Like, like what if they did that on every show? Like they just swapped out an actor every once in a while in a role to see if you'll notice. 
Um, but the <laughs> show was so bad, nobody noticed. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of like a, an outtake from the movie What Hot American Summer, where uh, they, it wasn't even an outtake, it was something that they just deleted from the movie, but it was going to be a part where uh, Mike, Michael Showalter runs into like the door frame and was like, hey, have you seen Beth? And then it was going to cut to, I think, Janine Garofalo or Amy Poehler, and, and she answers, and then it cuts back, and it's David Wayne dressed up as... <laughs> And then he answers like, oh, okay. And then it cuts back to uh, Amy Poehler and then it cuts back and it's Michael Showalter again. They were just going to put it in there to see if anyone noticed. Right. I, I kind of love that because I, I do feel like a lot of like early, like, like 90s and 80s television could do that where they just replace the character and it would just be like, oh yeah, look who it is. You know, uh, it's, you know, it's Steve. And we're like, oh, I love Steve. And, you know, and, and you know, they don't think that because you don't have DVR at the time. So you're just like, oh yeah, no, that was, that was the guy from two, you know, two episodes ago. Um, but it is weird because I, I I think it's it's funny that you the you were saying it was like kind of murky too because like growing up, um, I I vividly remember uh, going to a private school and or trying to go to a private school and they I got apparently I got denied because the there's a person that said I stuck my like my, my my tongue out at a kid when I walked by <laughs> like at the time I did not remember doing that I was like I, there's no memory of that I don't have it I didn't do it. And then they're like, well, actually, you know, it wasn't just the kid that the classroom said the same thing. I was like, wait, the like, even as a kid, I was like, the whole classroom? Interrogation thing with the conspiracy. I, I totally forgot about it. Like it was like a memory that I just didn't have. And I so it it is yeah. it's, I imagine like, you know, when you look back at your production for this miniseries, are there things that you just don't remember now anymore at this point anymore? Because like I feel like memory at that time and that age is so hard to like hold on to. Um, uh, yeah, are there scenes you like when you rewatch it? You're like, I have no recollection of filming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for me, I I didn't I remember it all. Like once we started getting together again and like reminiscing yeah. about old times and and having you know moderators ask us questions. Like it's like, mm. well, oh yeah, that's right, that happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've forgotten any of it. Yeah, yeah. Like well, even being told not to eat turkey sandwiches at lunch because it made me lazy. <laughs> wait, what? What is that? Wait, wait. Who said? I don't that? Remember that story? That was good. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Lee Wallace asked me to to do that. We were shooting in the Barrens, and um, I remember being on that little bridge. Uh, there was a little craft service thing, and he's like, "Don't do the turkey today." Why? It's like, You're. It's making you tired. Making you sleepy. Cool. Cool. Wait, wait, Brandon. But do yeah. you remember telling? Jonathan that I had a crush on him because I remember him coming up to me and saying Brandon says you have a crush on me and I was like that Brandon I'm so mad at you do you remember that no I don't it didn't happen I thought, I thought he remembered everything it, no it didn't happen that's why <laughs> that's a pretty bold move on Jonathan's part to just come and say that to you how did you react yeah what's up with that no no, Brandon doesn't know. Brandon's, oh, Brandon just makes stuff up all the time. Brandon's a liar. <laughs> um, speaking of Jonathan, I mean, obviously it's so sad not to have him here. I was wondering what memories you might have of him having been on set and working with him and, and what he was like during that whole process. A lot of good memories, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, my, my first day on set was, was with uh, him. And so I guess just a quick memory is, is uh, him kind of, you know, helping me, uh, helping guide me a little bit, I guess, uh, to uh, doing a job like this, which I had n no idea what I was doing really, you know, because um, it was my first real job, <laughs> real acting job. And um, so 
I just remember him being really uh, thoughtful um, at that time. Uh, and, and I didn't know what to expect. So it definitely caught me off guard. My perception of um, being on a, a movie set like that was only what I saw as, as an extra. Um, and so that's limited view of, 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 of it. So um, that to be welcomed like that was, was very memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could go. I could go on about other things. I, I know everybody else would have has some, some some things to say too. So I'll, he was kind I'll of intimidating. Quiet. Like he <laughs> he was like a real a real like actor from Hollywood. So just yeah. being from like the suburbs of Vancouver. Like he said to me, "Well, I used to overact. Like I had a really bad habit of overacting. But you know, and it took me a long time to get over it. But now I just realize, like you just like say your lines, just like you're throwing them away. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was good. I mean, he was. He was, you know, he as as Bill and as an actor, I think he was the the leader of the bunch in in many many ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I looked to him uh, for some things. Um, when we met, we didn't start off on the best footing because across the street from the hotel um, there was a liquor store, and every liquor store, every quintessential liquor store, had an arcade machine, and. Um, and I was doing my thing, pumping quarters into this machine, and some jackass kid on a skateboard cruises in, and he takes a quarter and he puts it up on top of the thing. And I look at him and say, "Really? You see how deep I am in this?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, if you die, it's my turn." And I was like, "You know, <laughs> remember what game it was?" <laughs> I think it was. I think it was Final Fight. Oh yeah. yeah, I think it was Final <laughs> Fight. It was a Capcom game for sure. I was like, dude, you know, okay, fine, fine. And I, I, you know, I didn't put two and two together until we started working together. Honestly, I, <laughs> I, um, that was my first experience with Jonathan Brandis, but um, he was cool. So the beginning of your your uh, the, your experience with him was like a Kirby Enthusiasm episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't mess with a man's game. Yeah. Right. How about you, Adam? What do you remember about Jonathan? I mean, the fondest memory I have of Jonathan is the day that uh, all of us, I don't know if you were there, Emily, but I know at least a lot of the guys, we all took the Sky Train to Metro Town Mall. And uh, oddly enough, it's a, it's, a, it's a Brandon story. We're hanging out in the arcade. <laughs> that was, it was, I agree with Emily, it was... For me, it was also, it was intimidating. Like this was my biggest thing that I'd been in. Like I'd been in some other stuff before then with some silver screen action, but Jonathan Brown's like, he was a never ending story and stuff. And like, yeah. whoa. So that was the one thing I was like, I, I know how to be on his level, perhaps even better than like <laughs> rocket video games. So that's, that'll be a good way to connect. It'll be a good way to connect. And I don't remember, he was probably still competing with Brandon or something. I don't remember what we actually played. <laughs> no, he was definitely better at that stuff than I was. Um, <laughs> he got sick. We had this, we had this um, strawberry milk binge. We, had, like, we went to the liquor store together and we got gallons of strawberry cow milk and Doritos. And that's... <laughs> That wasn't strawberry milk. That was tequila rose strawberry flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, it was bad. And then, and then his, 
uh, that's when I found out that he was um, a hypoglycemic too. So uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah. It, it seems like the liquor store is like really cool to hang out at like when you're like <laughs> dude it is it is i mean that's where you go i mean that's where i went before school i'd leave early to walk to school so i could stop by the liquor store and play some video games i'd hit the place on my way back yeah you know <laughs> and then like, i'd come home and pretend to do my homework it was really perfect it was ingrained in my my body and i wasn't the only one i mean there's yeah. turf wars on those arcade games oh yeah I think people forget about that with the arcades is that, you know, with the online gaming, you get people that are anonymous and they're going to say shit to you on like headphones and stuff, but it was in person. I mean, you had to like, when you were like playing the Mortal Kombat machine and like some guy comes up and he looks pretty cool and he's got a great jacket and hair, he's going to kick ass. And we're like, great. And this guy like defeats me in, in real life. And then also defeats me as Liu Kang. I could just go home and cry. Um, nowadays you could just, it, it, there's that, that sort of in real life, battle while you're also battling in video game form that was just it's totally lost nowadays unless you actually go to like a i don't know what the hell's an arcade nowadays like dave and buster is a replay or something like that but like um yeah there is something missing about that um i do just love the idea that these kids keep coming in to the, the, the you know this liquor store the owner's probably just like oh god like what, what did, where do they find this these these arcade machines here like well, i need to get, get rid of it I mean, I'm just wondering, like, are 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 video games in say Seven Eleven, for example, anymore? I don't, I no. haven't paid attention to been into many lately. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you're saying, those are the places that you went to. So, do they still have them on the Vancouver Victoria Ferry? Because I know they did for a long time. Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, before I ask my next question, I want to ask you if you nice segue, are... dude. I know. <laughs> I'm very good at that. Um, as yeah, it's, it's been known on the podcast. I'm the Segway King. But um, I'm curious if you guys have seen the meme of Tim Curry as Pennywise smoking a cigarette wrapped in a blanket under an umbrella uh, from yeah. the mm -hmm. set. I'm sure. To the yeah. This is like <laughs> oh yeah. It's like one of That's my good favorite one. photos I've ever seen. <laughs> and I guess uh, I was curious if you guys have seen that or even used it online. Or even saw it in person when he was doing it. <laughs> You're like, man, <laughs> you a rough yeah, guy. I was gonna say, Emily, I think you you mentioned in the doc that you had a lot of memories of him just chain smoking on set, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was just always sitting in his cast chair chain smoking and then when we'd walk by he'd go, uh, love doing Rocky Horror. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you guys didn't have a lot of um, tender interactions with Tim Curry. I take it he was mostly in character. There was, I think, maybe one moment in it, and perhaps it's the moment when, when of a, a photograph that that I think relatively known with with all of us and and Tim uh, with a Mad Magazine, you know. So, but I mean, perhaps that was. I, I think my my memories need to be um, jogged a little bit more on 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 uh, how he was because I the thing that I remember the most is actually you know when the camera was rolling or you know in between takes with him but um, but that that was that was probably a brief moment I don't know what do you, what do you guys think was there anything anything else <laughs> no Tim <laughs> you no. promised Tim not to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is, I mean, while that might be, I think, I mean, in retrospect, like, oh my gosh, to have worked with somebody like him and be, been able to, as I was saying, you know, just uh, having those, those um, more sharper memories of, of being uh, on, 
set uh, in between takes and rolling and uh, being able to observe and learn from him. It was, um, and Brandon has spoke really, I think eloquently about that part of the experience. But I mean, uh, I feel like I, like I was saying, looking back on it, um, yeah, that one, yeah, that one. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know, I mean, I just absorbed some things from him and I didn't even realize it at the time, you know, uh, as, as far as that goes. You know, on, on the topic of Tim Curry, um, you know, and, and, I, and I wanted to ask about, like, in terms of scares, like, how much of, like, were you actually scared of him, though? I mean, did you, were you genuinely, like, terrified of him or were you mostly just like, oh, there's Tim Curry, that he's a great actor, wonderful thespian. <laughs> you know, he's a killer clown there. Like, did you actually you know, as a kid on set, did you actually see him almost as like, there's a killer clown right there. Shape-shifting killer clown, I'm terrified of him. Were you genuinely uh, terrified of him? For, for me personally, it was a little hard. Uh, my mother was taking pictures the entire time. And so when she get them developed, uh, she had taken lots of pictures of, she would sit on front of like the steps of the, the honey wagon that we were in. And then the makeup trailer was not that far away. And she was always up while I was like changing and doing whatever, but she would get pictures of him. So there's plenty of pictures of him in full face makeup, which he would have to do because it would, you know, take hours for the latex and hair and everything. Uh, but he hadn't done costume yet, which is, you know, just slipping on a baggy clown outfit. So there's plenty of pictures of him walking around in full face makeup, but in just like tank top and like shorts and like flip flops and stuff. So it, it was hard for me personally to be scared of him offset uh, just when he was, you know, being himself. But the great thing about Tim Curry is how that switch could flip like when he was actually acting because when he was actually being Pennywise you're like oh shit's serious now <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh speaking of of you changing Adam I'm curious how you felt about your wardrobe dressed like a little old man uh was that similar to your own aesthetic <laughs> <in> real life <laughs> <laughs> no but odd, it's odd that you should mention that um when the first uh the new it, the first uh, part of the new it came out. Uh, my girlfriend and I decided to go see it, and just as a lark, I decided to cosplay as myself. So we went to Goodwill, and I found like a sweet, like blue cardigan <laughs> and some like old cords and stuff put together. Like a fit. The, the sad thing was, it took me so long to get to the theater. There was basically no one there except five other people. So only my girlfriend knew that I was cosplaying <laughs> as myself. But you know. <laughs> Like, what's Benjamin Button over here? Uh, like going to, um, uh, that's, oh gosh, that's so good. Like, for, I guess that's a good segue to, like, say, like, you know, with your character of who you're playing, um, you know, how much did you relate to them? You know, like, were you, did you get to this character and you're like, well, really nothing like this person at all? Or did you see it on the script and you're like, wow, like, there are some things on here that I really truly relate to. Um, did you, you know, did you have that spiritual connection to the character? I promise I'll let someone else talk, but I, uh, I'd read the book before mm -hmm. and my agent was on notice. If this ever happens, I, I want to audition because Ben Hanscom was me in every single way. Wow. You know, my, I grew up, you know, without a, a, a father, figure my mom was like wearing both hats you know we were transient i was fat um <laughs> you know tons of unrequited love you know um picked on bullied um i, I was that kid mm -hmm. and to answer your question from like 10 hours ago um 
completing this journey for this movie helped me sort of come to terms with all of that, you know, with all my new homies. Um, but that, yeah, that that I was, I was Ben, like Mm -hmm. that was me. So it was, I found that quite useful. It was like a great, you know, exercise in, in acting too. You know, you, it was all very organic because (laughs) this is pretty much me. Um, you know, except for the clowns and, and uh, dead, 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 dead dads. Natural terror. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, right down to the, the, you know, the silent crush, you know, like that, that's, 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 that's playing out in, in, in real life. You know, I always had friends that were better looking than I was. So if I made the mistake of saying I liked this person then I, I you know, kiss it goodbye I, but yeah so yeah it, it, that was my that was me i was i, I was ben yeah right there with you brandon um <laughs> uh what about emily what about you did you relate to bev uh you know going into this uh, production um i kind of thought of her as my mother because my mom's name is bev and she grew up in the 50s she was born in 1950 and she um she was poor and um and she didn't come from a very friendly <laughs> home. <laughs> it was a pretty, she had a pretty dark childhood. So um, yeah, I felt like I was kind of living out some of the stories that she had told me about what it was like to grow up without a lot of resources. Yeah. yeah. And Adam, what about, what, what about you? Uh, my mom wasn't overprotective uh, like, the like my mom and it but at the same time she was the one who in my acting career was the one who was driving me to auditions and taking me to do things and telling me to do this and combing my hair and putting stuff in it when I didn't want it and be like be still you can I gotta your hair's gotta look like this and so it was and then at the same time I was also shy and awkward and tiny and uh late bloomer so I was you know I was always getting cast for roles uh much much younger like three to five years younger than I actually was so it I definitely felt many aspects of that character and there was like oh I get to be the uh tiny little awkward kid I can do that so, yeah no problem <laughs> yeah. Ben were you a boy scout <laughs> uh I I had uh some time in the cub scouts actually <laughs> yes, uh, for a little I bit was, uh, I didn't stand for that reason because I was a what's boy that scout. I was a boy oh scout. is that right uh, when I saw it, so I remember I always related to you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, good. I'm 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 glad that was a positive influence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess uh, from that point of view, there was a little bit of of connection with the character, and um, as far as like the overall kind of bullying thing, um, definitely when I was a kid, it's kind of like Adam alluded to it. I was always also the smallest one around. And so you get picked on pretty easy, you're a target, you know, kind of in, in that way. And that happened a lot when I was uh, uh, growing up and, and went to a bunch of different um, grade schools. So I dealt with that in different ways. And I could, I could definitely relate to the Losers Club when it came to that and sort of, you know, being indifferent enough to it, I think Stan was, uh, at least for, for the miniseries. Uh, but at the same time, you know, willing to stand up when when um, that time feels right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so you know, um, but yeah, I uh, I'm well documented on the podcast as Henry Bowers being my favorite character in all of King. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so 
curious, uh, what was it like filming those scenes? Uh, I mean, because obviously you you've all you've all alluded to some degree of you know perhaps being picked on or bullied. Were were those intense scenes to film? Because they're very intense on screen. Yeah, I think I think so. I I, I yeah, that's, I think that's a good way to to put it. Intense. I, I'm thinking of like when um, Henry and and Belch had stand down, you know, flicking his buttons off. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I felt the tension, and you know, while filming for sure, um, you know. But those were great guys too. So as far as just like fun to work with at that time. So when the camera was off, it, you know, it, um, I wasn't trying to run away. They weren't giving you wet <laughs> screen or yeah. anything. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> was Bowers pretty evil at the barcade machine? At a... <laughs> oh no, he was too cool. He was too cool to hang out oh, yeah. with us. Uh, he, and, he and Seth hung out uh, quite a bit, but but uh, not with us. But Jared was so good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, he uh, so committed. Um, yet, like you know, Ben said, so apologetically nasty. You know, he said, "Oh, I'm sorry. Is that did I?" are you okay if I say this? Are you okay if uh -huh. I act this way? Like just so gentle. Um, but you know, not unlike with Tim, you know, you say action and he's an asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was, he was cool. He was cool. I wasn't terrified of him when he jumps me by the, by the bridge. Um, I was so excited to just get to the part where I fall down because it was an opportunity for me as a budding teenage boy to say, I did my own stunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nice. I was interested in racking up the street creds. <laughs> it's a tense stunt, I gotta say. Um, they yeah. didn't use it. They used this other guy with a fat <laughs> suit. Oh God, you you <laughs> yeah, it's okay though. I just love it. It's like, like you, you see, like, you, you know, you see the dailies rare, like you like, this little kid, you just like storm into a you know Tommy's trailer, just like you took the fucking shot out. What <laughs> yeah. that for? You know, it's like, my time to shine. You know, like you better put that in. I'm gonna be back at the the liquor store, and you better fucking let me know if you're gonna be putting that shot <laughs> in. Like, ass off to put yeah. it. In. Um, you know, Brandon, you had mentioned you read the book um, prior to to doing the you know to to the role. How yeah. many of you had actually read the book uh, prior to this? And um, how many of you actually were worried about said scene in the book uh, being uh, in the, the, the miniseries before you got, you know, the, the script? Like, it's a very controversial book in many ways beyond, um, you know, said scene. Um, a very adult book. Uh, the scene that shall not be named. That wasn't even, I don't even think it was in the Kerry Fukunaga script. And he's a pretty dark, uh, you know, uh, um, soul. Uh, so... The, the fact that, like, when you read the book, were you kind of like, God, what are they going to keep in this miniseries? Like, <laughs> how many, first off, how many of you actually read the book? Like, did, was Brandon the only one that read it? Like, I started it and was, was told not to do that. Um, <laughs> to only, to, to only read the script the at the time. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, basically. I was scolded. Um, but no, my agent said, you know, just read the script. Don't read the book yet yeah. um so uh so i i did a little bit but no i didn't have enough context about about that however i had heard about the scene from the brandon, scene. <laughs> did, did brandon did <laughs> okay you that just knowing all the inside baseball like, read okay this 
Like, okay, Emily may have something to say about this too. Um, oh yeah, there's a yes, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't remember <laughs> who it was, but someone called me into the tra- into one of the boys' trailer, and all the boys were there, and they were like, "Emily, so you know what happens in the book? Um, you have to have sex with all of us." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? What? And. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like mortified and I like ran to my mother and I was like, okay, you have to let me read the book. I have to know what's coming. <laughs> but it, just, just to be clear, it wasn't like right now. <laughs> right. No, we were talking about the book. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just so we that's clear. Being, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We should be clear about that. Yeah. yeah. I had no time yeah. thought that I was expecting. I thought that perhaps it was going to be in the script. <laughs> Right now, but like no, <laughs> there was no actual threat of assault or anything like that. Right, 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 right. yeah. Because I just imagine that getting around, or even just little things in the book um, that aren't in there, that that aren't in the, the miniseries, that you, just talking as kids would have been just like, um, you know, like it's almost like playground chatter. You know, like when you talk about like spooky stuff that you heard, like that's how I heard about Freddy Krueger. That's how I heard about Jason Voorhees. You know, like you know some kid on the, you know, done at, we're walking away from kickball. I'm like, oh man, did you see that, that, that Jason goes to hell, it's pretty scary. I haven't seen it, I'm, you know, I'm only nine years old. Um, you know, how did you see it? You know, like, oh, my brother, my older brother's side, you know, like what happens? It's like, well, he's Freddy Krueger's brother. And I'm, which isn't true, but like, you know, you spread <laughs> these things on the playground. So I imagine like on production, you know, or on set, this stuff was probably, you know, you're maybe teasing each other a little bit here and there, um, you know. That's that's the the main thing I liked about the remake, was it took place exactly when we were shooting ours, yeah. Yeah. and um and so like, what drew me into that one was the banter between the kids, because that was literally our banter. You know, ninety <laughs> yeah. percent of it was your mom jokes, and <laughs> who had the foulest mouth, and uh, you know, who did have the foulest mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Seth, yeah, Seth. Seth. <laughs> for sure. True character then. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up the the new movies. I'm curious what you guys thought about them and what was what was it like to you know see the story that you told play out you know for a modern audience. How about you, Emily? I haven't seen. I, haven't, I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Are the memories just too? You don't want to spoil your memories, or you just just have not had the time. <laughs> No, I guess I pr- I have the time. I don't know. I don't seem I don't really watch a lot of horror movies unless there's something like appeal. I feel like I already know that story. Like it's kind of like I don't want to watch stories I already know. Like there's so many options out there. I want to watch things that I <laughs> don't know. Like hear new stories. Sure. So I don't really rewatch stuff. I feel like I almost feel like like I just already know that story. <laughs> I think that's fair. I I I will just say that my favorite part and I liked a lot of things about both um uh chapter one and and chapter two um uh like and I and I've watched them both uh, a couple times they keep growing on me and there's so many things that I I really like about it but my favorite part um was to see Brandon in actually part two that (laughs) was like you know gave me the the most warmth in my stomach so So you didn't blink um, is what you're telling me (laughs) Oh, I, I, no, I, no, I had, I had my eyeballs like, you know, propped open. I wasn't going to miss it. <laughs> I, I remember we were at the press. That was super cool. 
And I was like, it was like the Rick Dalton meme. I just was like, <laughs> like this, like, you know, oh my God. This, <laughs> you know, you know that guy? I'm sure like some kid behind me was just like, what is that kid doing? What's that guy doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was so awesome to see. So, yeah. Yeah. I like you, Adam. You saw it in your, in your cardigan. I did. Um, I liked them both. Um, I think they're very different from the original, obviously. Um, I am also not a huge fan of horror. Um, I, I think my favorite things about it, uh, the acting all around was pretty fantastic, kids especially. Um, but I think my, my favorite part, obviously, I'm not usually a big fan of like jump scares even when I do watch horror, but I did enjoy the part where uh, Pennywise comes out of the screen when they're watching it in the garage. I thought that was yeah. pretty well done because I did not see that coming. Everything else was a little scary, but that one, that one was good. Would you say that? Would you say that you wish uh, because the the version of Eddie that exists in the modern versions is a bit more uh, brazen and foul mouth than the one yeah, that you played? Yeah, he's almost like Richie too. Yeah, and yeah. like, do you wish you got to play that version of Eddie, or are you happy with the with the the old man, little old man that you played? Oh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm happy with the the little old man that I played. I feel like it was a little more distinct. I feel like. Uh, that was one of my the things I didn't really like about the new one. I felt some of the characters kind of blended together a little bit, yeah. um, whereas they were very distinct um, in the original. Um, no, I'm, I'm happy with my old man. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I'd love it. He like, went up to like Jack Dylan Grazer and he's just like, you know, look, we think you're a little too cool for school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> No. Like, I'm sure up? he'd put me on the floor if he could. So, with <laughs> <laughs> this like skateboard or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the '80s though, uh, and being able to see it. That like, what was it like being in the '50s for you? You know, was there, you know, I, for me growing up in the '80s and like the early '90s, there was a '50s nostalgia. I was huge into Happy Days, so I imagine like, you know, as a kid, I'm roughly around almost the same age as you. Um, I feel like if if I was in that set. And I got to see all the 50s accoutrements and like, you know, ooh, the diners and all this stuff. It would have been heaven for me. Like, what was it like for you to be in this, this era? Um, and, you know, did you have any sense of nostalgia for the 50s nostalgia, you know, for it? Um, I, I didn't personally, because I couldn't get arrested outside of that era um, with work. <laughs> like, because of Wonder Years and yeah. a lot of commercials and stuff where it was all, you know, 50s and 60s Americana. So I didn't. I didn't really notice. I think that was the only time frame I was allowed to work in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, you're like oh, I can do the 70s. Because the, the one time I tried to do modern in the 80s, I got fired. So, <laughs> apparently. Have you become Stephen King fans book-wise or anything like since you did the miniseries? I know some of you said you're not huge into horror, but are there any other Stephen King books that you guys are fans of? Yeah. I know you guys do a Stephen King podcast, but I'm I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. Either. <laughs> I think I, I think the the thing I've read of his that I enjoyed the most was like book three of the Dark Tower, and then I think I stopped halfway through book four. It's like I can't I can't do another three of these. <laughs> four. I mean, to be four, quite, yeah, yeah. To be quite frank with you, probably probably chose it a you know good time to to jump off there, which is. <laughs> probably gonna lose you know thousands of listeners for right. well i disagree um, with know. him so yeah but but no but ben like to you like you know, what, what did you go back in the like 50s or stephen king like was was there any like you know did you have any connection there for that um yeah i mean i, I think kind of like you 
kind of, um, I guess, mentioned the same thing that I would have called out probably first, which was happy days, you know. And so for me, it was definitely um, seeing certain TV shows and watching those growing up. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, also family photos and things like that, you know, I kind of had a sense for what that, what that era was and, and the music, for example. And, and I, and I loved Stand By Me. That was, that was one of my favorite, you know, um, Stephen King uh, movies at, at the time. I mean, there's so many and I, and I think, you know, I'm guilty of, of being much more of a, of a, of a um, Stephen King movie um, buff than, than book, um, you know, though I do love to read and I have some of his books that I've cracked and <laughs> shamefully haven't finished, you know, but that, that, that's the case. With They're all like anyway, pages, um, so. <laughs> what's that? They're all 700 pages. So it's, okay. yeah, I know. So yeah, totally. It, I'll chip away at it. Um, but I think stand by me just, you know, I mean, that reminds me a little bit of, of, you know, kind of the setting um, that, that we had and, and uh, those things just stick with you sometimes, I guess, you know? Yeah. And you like, I think you live near, uh, that, if you're like in Portland, you're kind of close to where they were shooting. I think a lot of Stand By Me originally, like. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I think I later learned that and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and just like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, so, yeah. what an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, it's great. And, and, and I imagine that was like, because you were feeling this late 80s, it's still like, it's still, it was such a huge culture like I So I imagine that was like a big deal to be like, because that was kind of like, kind of cracked open Stephen King a little bit to be like, well, not just Spooky Yugi, like we could do like the drama. Um, and that was a good point. So um, yeah, it's, and you got to be like in the 50s with that. So that's, that's pretty great. Um, yeah. Yes. But, you know, Adam, what about you? 50s for you. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been holding on to this listening to everyone else's stories, but uh, I was fully a child of the 80s. Uh, there are pictures of us playing Game Boy on set. I had a computer growing up. I remember f playing Atari 2600 on a black and white TV. <laughs> so the, the, reason, the, the reason this is backstory is uh, when they're filming the scene where I go into the pharmacy to get my prescription, the set was very well done. You know, lots of like old school comic books and like paraphernalia and everything uh, set up there. And I just remember being in that thing going, that's a really well done set. What a bunch of junk in the 50s. <laughs> like, <laughs> glad I live it. Where's like, oh man, everything was like kind of brown and br I was like, man, no, nah, it's, it's good, good stuff. 80s, 80s is good. They have the cars, the car. Have you heard the cars? They're so good. <laughs> That's the, that's the thing that's so fun. It's like, you know, what's, I, I did want to ask about the 80s. It wasn't, you know, something I was going to initially ask, but like, you know, that, that era has certainly, the nostalgia for that era has like lasted since it's ended. Um, you know, there was definitely a period in the 90s where I think there was some sort of like, you know, everyone was kind of an asshole about the, it was like, Miami Vice, come on. But like around like 98, people are like man that, that decade was pretty fucking great um what do you what did you like most about the 80s and especially at this time period like you know what do you remember late 80s that you were into at that point like what if, if you know you mentioned game boy but also what, what was in your backpack at that point like what cds what like what, what games did you have um that you, that you might have that, you know you might have been talking about on set Ooh, on set or even outside of that. Oh yeah, Tetris. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I would have been probably trying to like push 
some some like boogie down productions or old school rap on people like oh you should hear this it's so good you know easy some some things with some, yeah. some you know <laughs> there was some <laughs> not two live crew yeah yeah exactly I, and i still listen to that stuff i love it but oh. anyway um, so that I, that's what comes to mind probably not not proud of it necessarily <laughs> yeah. that's a shame marlon's not here because one of my fondest memories is going to his hotel room uh and they had brought he brought up his nintendo uh from california or i think he was living in california at the time in any case uh playing uh what was it pro wrestling like the yes. pro wrestling where the star man face and you do the backflip kick ah it was, it was good times <laughs> great it's wild how universal the nintendo machine was <laughs> like i would go to like relatives house that i could, i've never even met before and i'd be like so I guess we're related. And, and then it's like, oh, Nintendo. And we just played Duck Hunt and we'd be like totally fine. We'd be like best friends in like five minutes. It's like, oh, yeah. you see the dog? You just took the, the duck. It's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, dinner's ready. Cool. Um, so uh, anyway, but yeah. So um, Emily, what about you? 80s, you are saying Tetris, but what were you listening to maybe back then? Um, Millie Vanilli. Nothing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I was just, thinking about how gendered technology was like I don't think like girls today like they they have like cell phone they have all the stuff that boys have and back then it just wasn't true like we had a family computer and my brother just dominated it and that was the way it was and that was what was expected like why would it what what would a girl want with a computer like it was just it's so strange to think about now because things have changed so much but that's that's what it was like in my house for sure, and I think a lot of other girls sort of had had a similar experience. Thank God it's changed <laughs> um, somewhat. <laughs> as we wind down, I I'd love to actually turn it to John, and uh, why don't you tell people watching sort of what they can expect from the documentary and um, any details you can provide on that. Well, I mean, we interviewed over like thirty people from the miniseries cast and crew. Um, a few of which have since passed away, actually. So we're glad that we had a chance to talk to them. Um, it's going to be out next year now. We were hoping this year, but it's been pushed, unfortunately. Um, but I think I've been watching selects and seeing things coming in from our editor. And I think people are going to be really excited, really happy with what's there. Um, and there's been an outpouring. You know, you guys were talking about Jonathan earlier. Um, his dad, Gregory, has been in touch with me for about a year and a half, and he's really excited to see it. And so, you know, to have the Brandis family excited to see it means quite a bit to everybody. Um, so we're just excited. Uh, we have a Facebook page, and, you know, we update it as best we can when there's news to share. Um, but it'll be out next year, and um, just looking forward to you guys seeing it. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Do you guys still have um, t-shirts? Oh, yeah, Ben's wearing it. I don't know. I think they're in the UK. Yeah, I think we have a few. Yeah. These, yeah. Oh, so this one's exclusive. <laughs> yeah, right I don't now. even have one, Ben, if you can believe what? it. What? Oh, my gosh. Well, well you don't have that, but you do have... Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> you do have some other very rare yes. things. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to digress on that a little bit, John? Because it's, uh, it's pretty wild. That's what, pretty cool. That, what you have you guys do, yeah, we were in, when we were in Vancouver in 2017, <clears throat> one of the people we interviewed was Monique, who is a wonderful costume designer um, up in Canada. And she, with Tommy Lee Wallace and Bart Mixon, designed Tim's costume, basically. 
And she brought it to her interview, you know, unbeknownst to us. And at the end of the interview, she said, you know, would you like to have it? And, um, you know, it was a very humbling, like the whole room just sort of froze and like the rest of the crew just sort of turned around and looked at me slowly. And, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get jumped or, you know, what, but, um, yeah, so, so I have, and actually, so the, the funny thing about it is the guys have seen it because I've traveled around with them with it, but, um, so this is one of Tim's suits. Wow that they made for him. I don't know if you can see it that well, but. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Yeah. Is there a pack of cigarettes and like the, co- the, the. I looked for, <laughs> for a little cigarette butt from Tim, but there was nothing in there. Uh, <laughs> there's like a, there's like a little like poster that's like, you know, um, would love you in uh, uh, home too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like Chris Columbus. Um, you know, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, do you get spooked out, you know, like knowing that it's there? <laughs> it's a little strange. I mean, you know, but no, not really. No, it's, um, I'm happy to have it and it's been a joy to take it around to shows. I mean, I did a show in Canada with Ben actually in Niagara Falls a couple of years ago. Um, London and Manchester yeah. with these guys as well. Didn't it just multiply? It, it yeah. did. Yes. Like a sea cucumber, it budded into another Tim Curry. <laughs> I, I seriously thought you were reaching to your right to get the other one. <laughs> you had one on one side and one on the other. Um, well, I mean, so then there's this one. <laughs> yeah. And he did. That's, that's he fair. Did, yeah. So Monique called uh, about two months ago and she said, I'm retiring and I'm closing up my costume archives in Vancouver and I found another one. Um, and I'm going to send it to you. And I said, okay, let's do it, you know. Um, but just incredibly generous, you know, to, um, to think that she would, you know, trust me to keep these things. And when she gave me the first one, she, um, I gave her a hug. And um, pre-COVID, you can hug people. Um, <laughs> I miss those days. But uh, I gave her a hug and she whispered in my ear. She said, if I, if I see this on eBay, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I said, no, no worries of that, obviously. Um, so. uh. You know, when John mentioned this idea to us, we, you know, I got to uh, be fortunate enough to talk to him for about two hours back in July. I was just so excited. Oh my God, who looked at Oh my God. Let's start over. All right, here we go. Start the clock. Um, oh, yeah. There he is. Hello. Hi, Marlon. Hey, Marlon. What's up, Marlon? I'm good. How are you? We're just wrapping up here. <laughs> are you for real? <laughs> well, we are here. Um, what was your uh, one memory that you take away from it? Uh, you know, from this whole thing. When you think about the production, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you? Pool party. The pool party. <laughs> pool party. What, you gotta, you gotta go. Uh, what happened to the pool party? <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, the hotel that we stayed in had a pool, so oh. we used to kind of just always kind of go down there and hang out whenever we could. And uh, there was one time I think we were having way too much fun down there, um, <laughs> and we got kicked out of the pool. So um, just mainly hanging out with these guys, man, it, it, it was really fun. And, and I think that's pretty much what it was. It was just being around these guys and, and uh, 
just kind of different amount of trouble we would get into. Like, I think <laughs> that was the most fun that I had. You know, that, that, that's my memory right there. All the trouble that we got into and all the fun that we had. So both, both the, 90, the 90 miniseries and the new remake, they all have two parts. Yes. So, why don't we make this? There you go. Chapter one, chapter two. Part. I don't think they only have a problem with it. And I Boom! So there we go. Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You know, it's been 27 years since we last talked. Um, we're going to stay on theme. Uh, <laughs> the last time we did talk, uh, Marlon, you had just hopped on and you had teased that... Uh, it was just got into some trouble on set. Um, and I kind of wanted to digress on that a little bit more and hear if you uh, can maybe share a few memories of the times uh, when you were troublemakers. Um, you know, uh, I, I think uh, we kind of, we, we get into this a little often, you know, I think we all know about the infamous uh, white BMW with the sunroof, <laughs> the sunroof with the top down and the red Slurpee. <laughs> Cherry, I guess it would be, you know, on the interior. What happened with the interior? <laughs> oh, well, the interior went from being being white to, to, to being red stained due to the cherry Slurpee. <laughs> but uh, like I said, it it wasn't us. It was it was it was an accident. It wasn't on purpose. No one like actually like reached their hand over the balcony and like released their fingers and dropped the cup. Yeah, and they weren't looking down over it with one eye open, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Life imitating art in that one. Uh, uh, you're basically, uh, I imagine this is an overpass of some sort. Um, and Oh, uh, no, hotel window. A hotel window, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. That, 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 that's why the trouble came, because it, it was easy to be spotted. I saw like seven kids. Running around, <laughs> no, well, backing away from the balcony at one time. <laughs> Can we all agree that this was Seth's room, by the way? <laughs> yes. So, so there's that threshold where you're like, "This is a bad idea. Let's do it." <laughs> it is, um, and it was really easy to cross over. But I just remember feeling, you know, we're in this big f off hotel. There's no way they're gonna know who we are. There's so many balconies, so <laughs> many windows. And you can bet the person who called is like a professional, you know, police informant because they're like, I believe that was the seventh floor, uh, the third window on the right. I mean, 
Or Either that maybe, or they just called the front desk and they said, we have Americans in the hotel. <laughs> hey, well, Bob, hey, Bob Hope is staying... Bob Hope was staying in that hotel that same time too. Everybody it loves Bob been, Hope. It could have been Bob Hope. <laughs> they should have blamed Bob Hope for that. It's Hope. He nuts. <laughs> but then I'm sure they brought out like their ballistics team because all they had to do was, you know what I mean? All, all they had to do was look at the trail of slurp on the side of the building and then they go. It stopped right there. <laughs> this was falling at 96 kilometers an hour, so it, it could only that it didn't reach terminal velocity, so it must have come from the seventh floor. That's what I'm thinking happened. There, Blood there, splatters. There, the Slurpee splatter expert came out and was like, <laughs> "Well, the the balcony is always just asking for trouble, because I, I mean, even growing up, I, I would like tie action figures uh, or like on strings." And if people were like either like uh, reading books down, you know, like on different uh, balconies, I would try to scream my like Spider Man figure <laughs> onto it. Not real, like not not in my head. I just wouldn't realize they would just, all they had to do was look up, and I can't pull that back fast enough. So I'm just like <laughs> they look up, they see that they grab the action figure from me. I'm just like in this tug of war, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you could have the action figure. You know exactly where I live. There was a, a perceived mutiny, right? That I don't I don't think we were taking it that far, but. The Dick Tracy movie I was, was just gonna... supposed to come out, right? Oh, yeah. You oh, heard this yeah. one, then? Yeah. So, yeah, so Dick Tracy was coming out, and so we all got tickets. And we ended up having to work and miss the screening. And we were all, like, noticeably pissed off about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, what kind of an asshole, <laughs> you know, is mad because they're stuck working on a movie set? Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be... It, <laughs> anyway. Well, you can working on a movie set and can't see another movie. I mean, come on. So they were they were really cool, but it was a big deal. Um, but they they rented us out uh, a theater so we yeah. could have a private screening. That was super cool. Yeah. But I think um, those of us who were, you know, immature enough to whine uh, <laughs> certainly certainly looked bad. <laughs> I'm sure we looked like little spoiled Hollywood kids. You know. I just, I, we were just I, kids. We wanted to see Dick very, Tracy. I have a very important <laughs> question about Dick Tracy. Did you like it? I don't even remember it. Yeah, I was just about to ask, does it even hold up today? Like, If we it watched it today, we'd be like, oh, that was a waste yeah. of energy. <laughs> I Dick Tracy was like my favorite movie when I was a kid. And then they did a screening of it at a theater by us in Chicago a few years ago. And I have to say, at least for me, and maybe a lot of nostalgia was clouding it, but man, it held up for me. Yeah. All right. We all had the, you know, when you got the tickets to the, the midnight screening, you had a t-shirt, you know, that admit one and it was Dick Tracy t-shirt. Yeah. And, um, and I remember drying off my car with it not long after <laughs> Like it just wasn't a big deal. Like, the, but it was nice to be with the peeps and, <laughs> and, I do and watch a movie. That you'd be on set and you're like, I got to see Dick Tracy, and they're like, What are these people looking Dick Tracy for? And you're and you're like, Brandon's just like, you know, I loved Born Beatty and Reds. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, I gotta go see. I gotta see this fucking movie, The Talking Watch. Um, it was a big movie. And like that's it's it was like right after Batman, and I think yeah. Warner Brothers tried to make it like Batman, or maybe not Warner Brothers, but someone tried to make it like Batman. It was like this is gonna be the next comic book movie. It was huge, and I, and I do remember seeing it as a kid just being like, all right, this is 
Where's the action? <laughs> a lot of yellow here. But... There was plenty of action for me. <laughs> a lot of yellow. <laughs> the style was 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 cool. I, yeah. I appreciated the style, but yeah. that's all I really seem to remember. The yeah. song was forgettable, even though it probably won the Academy Award that year. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Madonna. Well, I mean, outside of, uh, you know, the Dick Tracy screenings and getting your own <laughs> personal screening on there, uh, what were some other things that uh, maybe you did together or back <gasps> you're like, man, we were really fortunate enough to be able to do that. Um, I do remember something and I'll shut up, I swear. <laughs> but do you guys remember when we were in the Barrens and we had that, that actor playing the policeman? Oh yeah. Officer Nell. Mm, yes. That guy was pissed at us. <laughs> he went on a he went on a tear. Like like uh, they're doing his close-ups, but for continuity and, and eyeline, they had us all kind of wrapped around the camera. Unless I'm high as a kite and remember this wrong. No, this, <laughs> this is this yeah. is correct. Yeah. <laughs> So he's there and, and he's got to, you know, do the thing. And we're kids, we're bored. This is not our turn. We're, we're stand-ins for right now. Like we could have been replaced with tape. <laughs> tape, we were tape. Um, and so we started cracking up. We get like the church laughs. Yeah. You get the, you, yeah, all that. And it, we couldn't stop. We couldn't stop. And I'm sure this was also Seth's fault. Um, uh, yeah, you're, you're forgetting the most important part of why we were laughing. Uh, that's because when the police officer's up on top of the bridge and he's like, what are you kids doing down there? Someone, it could have been Seth, it could have been Brandon, was like, masturbating. No, not me. <laughs> that, that, oh, that was you? I, no, I'd never even heard of it. Really? That's, <laughs> no. That is burned into my brain, and that's why everyone was like, <laughs> and that's what, that's what tipped everything over the edge. That had to be Seth. Did he like yell at you guys specifically or was he just like rolling his eyes really hard? Oh no, he, he pitched a fit. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was mad and he, I, he, he brought up Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's he good. brought up the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts or it was like the Central School or Lambda. One of the three <laughs> he brought up in his training uh, he's, he's from Ireland, expat. Uh, let us know where we stood in the in the in the, in the realm of professionalism. Realm of <laughs> we were totally unprofessional, and uh, and he he made it quite clear. But the difference is, we got to come back the next day. <laughs> and he's, so, he, had go, he had to go back to Shakespeare. Um, oh God! Is there was there anyone in the in the at least in the kids was, group? That was like, all right, guys, we need to let's get let's get real. Like, who, was there anyone that like found together? It was just like, you, you, you're going too far. You know what? The Irish policeman's got a point. We need to chill. <laughs> yeah, out. I mean, yeah. it's true. Was there <laughs> anyone in the friends group that, that was, was uh, me. that was the other? I didn't understand most of the jokes. I didn't understand the vocabulary. I was operating with a whole different <laughs> lexicon, and like. When we went to Dick Tracy, even my mom was like, why did they choose such a violent movie for kids? And that Warren Beatty's such a womanizer. <laughs> that Warren exactly. Beatty. <laughs> I had no idea. You guys got us in so much trouble. And then you guys got to go back to LA after working with that Irish actor. But I saw him many times and worked with him after that. And we had to like 
pretend <laughs> that I, uh, I didn't know him or I'd never met him before. And I was like, oh God, <laughs> very embarrassed. Although I was not the one misbehaving. So we left you to hold the stick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's true. I remember Emily being, being a, um, a grounding kind of force mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was always very, um, it's easy, not, it's easy not to laugh when you don't understand the joke. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but looking back, I felt totally self-conscious because I, I know that, like, there's a scene in particular where I'm, it's when, when I'm, I meet you, I grab you, you're crying by the bush, you know, and I come up there and I just throw the line away. Like, it's, it was garbage. Well, if you don't know what you want to do, you come less the barons. Is it lunch yet? <laughs> She's sitting there crying. She's like, hey, 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 my dad just hit me in the mouth. <laughs> and, and she's like so into it, you know? And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, uh, I just over, thought, like over actors wow. anon anonymous. That is wow. such realistic, a realistic portrayal of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> then we're all over no actors empathy, no compassion just like what's going on here you want to come hang no, out in the forest yeah. no idea what the hell he's doing there yes typical boy <laughs> well if emily was the grounding presence when you guys were all hanging out off camera was there somebody who sort of emerged as maybe a ringleader like somebody who was sort of the glue holding you all together the person who said let's go here let's go here I mean, I remember there were, boy, that's a tough, tough call to think back on that a little bit, but definitely I remember there were times where, like, I felt a little bit responsible for um, influencing uh, people to, to do certain things like jump off sand piles in our, our wardrobe, for, for example. Um, and, uh, and I have the pictures to prove it, but it was a lot of fun in between takes. We, some of us thought, uh, though, though I do remember getting um, in trouble for, for that. Like, no, don't do that. You're getting dirty. <laughs> it was fun. I, from, from the wardrobe people, I, I remember. But so I, I definitely remember, you know, being an instigator a few times. There were a few things I can recall, but I don't remember too much about, you guys have to help me <laughs> with that. Yeah. Maybe Seth was, was a little bit more in the, in the driver's seat sometimes, but... Um, <laughs> Like, I feel like with any group, uh, even with group of, you know, diehard group of friends, there always are like pairs that form, you know, like, you know, so-and-so are always hanging out outside of the group or, you know, like, even when the group gets together, you know, you're always going to be expected to see, you know, X and Y show up together. And did that happen at all naturally? Um, I know Seth and Jared hung out a lot. Okay. Um, Maybe I remember, they, were, they were older than we were. Yeah, and I remember not being cool enough <laughs> to join them on a few occasions. I, I probably still am, am not. <laughs> you know, but outside of that, um, yeah, I don't remember uh, like just pairs, 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 or just, you know. Um, I know most of the, those guys were there before I got there. I think a lot of them were there when I kind of got there. So they had already been kind of working on some stuff on some scenes and stuff. So um, once we all got together though, it was, you know, pretty, pretty awesome, pretty there all the time. Well, not all the time, but consistently everybody kind of showing up call time. Yeah. Well, how, how was that for you, was, like coming in later? Like 
did you feel like yet like that the catch-up process for you did you how did that you know how did that work out for you um, i didn't know what to expect um and so um just uh we kind of had school like we had to finish school i still had like two weeks left of school when i got up there so i still um had to do a little bit of that before i even made it um on to set um so uh and then they started me out with these guys in the classroom i believe that might have been the first scene that i did i don't remember if it was that one or if it was the one with jared um but uh yeah uh it was interesting. Most of the uh, scenes that I had were kind of a lot of the scenes that I had to audition with. So they, they were very familiar. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, wasn't, wasn't a, a long stretch to, to catch up, but um, it was a decent little run. Was there ever moments where um, you felt starstruck? You know, coming onto a set with everyone where it, you, you, it didn't maybe freeze you up, but, but maybe you were kind of like almost pitching, pinching yourself a little bit, being like, I can't believe this is fucking happening. <laughs> um, that, yes. I don't know about the, the starstruck part, but yeah, just about that. I can't believe this is happening. It was the first like really, really big project um, that I had done. And then just kind of um, being in something with all of the adults that I had kind of watched on sitcom television all through the 80s anyway was um really awesome um yeah so that was cool. i'm curious about that did, did you guys get to spend any time with sort of your adult counterparts at all um for me not necessarily at that point um but about three years later i got to work with tim reed again on sister sister oh cool um and you know he remembered me from, from it and all that and uh we got to chat it up got to meet his wife and that was pretty cool just kind of working on another project and something a little bit funnier versus yeah. something and, and kind of being like right up, up, across from each other and working together versus being the same person in different um you know in different scenes so that was super cool as well yeah yeah. Which is on uh, Netflix right now, so everybody. It is. <laughs> Get those residuals. <laughs> My girlfriend binged all of it when it when it first hit. So um, we're now like, what do we watch next? Like, <laughs> watch this. Yeah, we go right back. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about the rest of you? Did you guys get to spend any time with your with your adult counterparts? I remember, uh, I love John Ritter and I'm so jealous he was talking to you. At one point he did say, come, um, come hang out with us. Cause I was just like staring and listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Three's Company. I love Night yeah. Court too. So I love Harry uh, Anderson. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. So like the first, the first time I went up, I thought I had two weeks, like Marlon, I had two weeks of school left and I thought, um, this is it. Great. You know, um, so flew to Vancouver. Walked out of school, see a suckers, you know, <laughs> ha ha. Um, went up, they were shooting the exterior of Bev's house, um, you know, where she almost gets hit by the bus or whatever. Um, and so I did my wardrobe fitting on the street there in front of Bev's house and um, in the trailer. And I got my hair cut there while they were doing that because Tommy Lee Wallace wanted me to have the haircut he had as a kid so he was like cut it this way do this do that 
Um, <laughs> and then I got to meet John Ritter. So it was like day one, you know, I get to meet John Ritter and, and Tommy had us, you know, hang out for a little bit and, and talk about, cause at the time, I think they were afraid we looked the least alike <laughs> compared to everyone else. Um, so we had to figure out some mannerisms to do things that we could do to kind of tie us together. Um, Oh so yeah, like biting your nails, right? I remember you guys looking at yeah. your nails. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so the biting the nails, biting the nails, and I've, I've never stopped, which is terrible. I've noticed. I was going to bring that up. Thanks, John. Um, but, you know, it was, it was so cool. I mean, he was so uh, gracious, and um, he genuinely seemed interested in, in meeting me and kind of, like, passively giving me a really important acting lesson. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was, dude, that was awesome. And then, um, we were done talking. They went back to shooting. I, I did, I showed him Tetris, not on my Game Boy. Like that was my contribution to him, Tetris. <laughs> of course, you know, um, that, yeah, of course. Yeah. Which it reminds me, Emily, you know, that whole conversation we had a couple months ago, um, about my mom teaching you about turkey sandwiches and your dad teaching me about you know the virtues of pacifism and like actual history and that's it, it, it I come by it honestly um but then it was like okay so we'll see you in a couple weeks wow. what so I ended up having to go back to school looking like a total liar uh, oh, no. yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, but then it was, it was cool. I was back up with the gang and met Jonathan Brandis. He kicked me off my favorite video game. Yeah. And um, the rest <laughs> is history. Yeah. Adam, you had a chance to connect with Dennis <laughs> recently. I'm kind of curious to hear what that experience was like for you to. Oh, you were there. Uh, it was uh, pretty great. <laughs> Dennis is amazing. And it was, uh, it was really cool to see him. I mean, we only got to hang out a couple of times in the original. Uh, I remember meeting him once for something, and then the only other time was when I think there were like five of us there. I know Tim Reed wasn't, but I think there were like John Ritter was there and a few other people, and they were kind of all getting us together with our uh, the children counterparts, and that was the first time I got to meet him. He disappeared. I, oh, no, I muted Adam. He was boring. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I can't well done, the story. Thank um, you. Oh, they're a waste of time. A white stuff video. Probably Dennis Christopher is just like, he's not going to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got a kill switch on this thing, I'm telling you. Emily, did you get a chance to spend some time <laughs> with, uh, is it a Neto tool? Yeah, another a Neto tool. tool? Yeah. Not really. It wasn't like a real conversation like Brandon got to have with John. It was, it was just really quick, like, Oh, hello, and like, oh yeah, we look pretty much the same, and <laughs> that was kind of it, unfortunately. Because yeah, I love Annette. Like, I really admire her work. She's a great actress. So, it would be nice to spend a little bit more time with her. But that's just the way productions are. I think like, so, if you happen to be there at the same time as somebody else, then you get to hang out with them, and if not, then <laughs> we talk to them much. Did you get to see or hang out with her later on in the years? Because I know she's done a lot of work in like Vancouver and stuff too. Um, I think that's, I gotta say that's where Smallville filmed, but. Yes, you're right. That is where Smallville filmed, but I was never on Smallville. And so yeah, no, I never, I our paths never passed again. Oh, 
Wow, that's crazy. Uh, well, how about you, Ben? Did you spend any time with Richard Mazur? Just a little bit, yeah. I mean, since you know he had a, a very small amount of, of screen time there in the in in the film overall, um, you know, there was really he was never on set with him. But um, but prior to filming, um, uh, we were able to get together. We met at a I think probably his hotel. Um, in like the the restaurants or whatever and to just talk about the character kind of like brandon said establish um some behavior or characteristic that would be shared you know between the, the child and the adult and uh, so i mean yeah definitely starstruck to go back to that uh question at that moment like i had no idea what i was doing just going on instinct but i had a really good conversation with him and uh, very memorable and um and so uh, I just, um, yeah, the, the, when he asked, you know, what should we do, um, you know, and, the, and then the ear thing was like the first thing that came to my mind, like instantly, and he yeah. liked it. And he said, okay, that's what we'll do. And, uh, and, and that was that. I was like, wow, is that easy? Okay. <laughs> It'd be funny if you guys all chose to chew your nails. <laughs> like uh, nice. it'd be a syndrome it yeah uh -huh. <laughs> like a doctor movie like an airplane yeah this is like the concrete away uh <laughs> you want to move to the show and tell we could yeah yeah i, I guess one last i wanted to ask is um you know when you do watch the adult portion is there any part of the film that like you kind of wish that you would be able to do those scenes like if you're like man that would have been fun but i mean or is that did you just not really is that not registered too much I thought the Chinese restaurant scene was um, always a scene that would have been fun to redo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. I almost, um, there's at one point I wanted to have everyone, uh, was going to see if everyone wanted to read from it. Then I was like, there's not enough dialogue actually. So it's kind of like, <laughs> well, that, there goes that plan. So uh, anyway, um, well, John, you have, uh, show and tell session. So should I show a couple of things? Just kind of nerd out here for a second for the fans. Oh, so, totally. so obviously as a fan, you know, from the early '90s, I've collected a lot of stuff, and a lot of things have come to me over the years. So I think you guys have probably seen most of this stuff, but I thought people would enjoy seeing, you know, the it fanny pack from. Oh, yeah. Where'd you get that from? Yeah. Wow. I'm sure, you guys mm -hmm. all got one, right? Yeah, I, I got one. Yeah. I, I still have it, but it's I actually used it. And you can't see the film crew anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So this you guys have seen too. This is a production cup that Tommy Lee Wallace had made for everybody. I, I did not yeah. get one of those. I was about to say, I don't think I got one of those. You didn't I get one? one? Oh, I'm sorry you guys didn't get one. And I, I mean, Adam and I didn't get I'll one. I'll send you mine. Anyway, you probably can't read it. It says, never a tougher picture, never a finer group. Sincere thanks, Tommy Lee Wallace. Oh, nice. Wow. What else? I feel like that might have been handed out at the premiere, if I remember. These are really obscure. So these are like placards that crew would have put on their dashboard when they were coming to oh, yeah. every day. How did you get so they didn't get towed. Um, this one belonged to the script supervisor. It's like super sun faded and I, <laughs> I was just gonna say that that shows who they allowed to park inside and who, yeah. <laughs> who they let park outside. Um, the cast system. <laughs> Two more quick things. This is kind of interesting. I've never seen another one of these. So this is the Betamax. Oh wow! 
get out of town. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if you can see the glare, but oh my kind of interesting. Olivia Hussey on the cover, which is a really unusual yeah. creative decision. Yeah. Designer like love Black Christmas. It's just like, you know. <laughs> it's fine too. Yeah. So I've never seen another one. It's kind of a neat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Betamax. Um, Everything I ever did is on Betamax. So, <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> You know, uh, this is kind of interesting. So this was uh, signed by John Ritter. Oh, that's um, cool. nice. So it's one of my favorite things. So he wrote Best Fishes. <laughs> <laughs> and circled his name on the back. That's uh, me. Just in case you didn't know who he was. That's right, exactly. Um, the last thing is really kind of interesting. So this was given to me by Jim Green, one of the producers. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I took yeah, pictures. Assistant after the That's came cool out, compile like as many reviews as they could find, and so all these colorful tabs are from the, the documentary. Me kind of flagging what I wanted to scan, but it's basically like five, six hundred pages of reviews from the U.S. Hold on, let's see if I can do this. And Canada. Um, I mean, <laughs> all good ones, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> full of. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. That's dope. So that's kind of interesting. And I flagged one article to show you guys. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. If it was like an Ace Ventura. So this was from <laughs> the Hamilton Spectator in Hamilton, Ontario. Right after the, the miniseries came out, they showed oh, it to yeah. a bunch of kids to get their reaction because they had interviewed Richard Thomas and he said, oh, it's going to be safe to show your children. I'm going to show them. <laughs> <laughs> and so they showed it to like seven or eight kids and got their feedback on it. So it's a really, yeah. it's a really funny article. Um, awesome. It's one of my favorites in the book. So Adam Frazel was listless. Is what yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got to share. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Hey, on the topic of, that's a jacket. Oh, oh you found the jacket. Oh, that's awesome. I did. Oh, I checked. It still fits. John, do you have what? a jacket? What's that? Do you have a jacket, still John? Fits. I do have a jacket. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't have no, a jacket? Sharp. I don't have a jacket. I will send you one. I had one, but I don't My know. My mother where it went. bought four, so oh, I have wow. four. No. <laughs> you still have Thank them. You. Thank What's you. That, Adam? Adam, did you say you have one or you don't? I had one at some point because I remember wearing it and then no one ever said anything about it. And then the one time I went to a movie, like a completely different movie premiere somewhere, someone recognized me in line and I wasn't even wearing anything from it. That's <laughs> the only reason I know that I had a jacket at some point and no longer do. <laughs> well, I will send you one as well. Because my mom, like my parents are hoarders, so they bury stuff. Like it's, ah. things are literally buried. So my mom finally found these the old photos to send so I could send them to John and then oh, she was like oh we have four jackets <laughs> and there's people on the street with none <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, 
I like the idea of it like ending up in um uh like Goodwill or something like that, like on the on the rack and like someone just yeah. like <laughs> jacket. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Imagine if it was like a Pennywise costume, like a real one, and someone <laughs> bought it, they had no idea that it, you know, had Tim Curry's sweat and DNA in it. <laughs> but then they went as the Pennywise from like the 2017. They're like, oh, you know, actually, it's the 2017 Pennywise. And it's like, no, you're actually the there, you idiot. Um, uh, well, this, that, uh, that, that is fun. I, I love, there's a Twitter account. It's like movie promotional uh, materials. It's like one, of, I think it like popped up or like maybe right before the pandemic or something like that. But like, they always show that's like, here's what they gave out to Demolition Man or like, you know, or to, um, the Flintstones movie. And it's yeah. like, you know, like a, a glass case or something like that, or like a mug or like, um, some of them are really creative. And I really wish that like more movies and TV shows today would do that. Like where they got a little bit more into it. Um, try, oh, the, for like a weekend at Bernie's, there was like a, an inflate, you know, remember those like inflatable punching things that you could have that like, um, you box with, they did that with Bernie. I was like, I would go to have this in my wow, life. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. It'd be so much fun. But um, well, look, at the end of the day, it, it is pretty much all about friendship. And, you know, um, we do this podcast because we're friends, you know, and we're, you're, we're literally doing this Zoom call because you're all friends. And, you know, what, what would you take away from it and this experience about friendship and, um, you know, 30 years later, how would you define it now, um, you know, in 2020? Mm. Um, I think um, we're a little bit closer now than we were back then, um, even though we're a little bit further away. Um, I guess <laughs> in a, being adults, <laughs> we have a little bit more control of what we do and where we go and uh, <laughs> who we talk to when and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I mean, reconnecting ever since 2017, it's been, um, it's been just really cool just kind of staying in contact with everybody. I think for me, that was um, the real, like, full circle come back around, like, since since 1990, since we went to the premiere and stuff. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, now just getting to hang out with these guys and, you know, um, like living right up the street from Adam. <laughs> yeah, hi. See, you're probably right over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably think if I throw a rock and hit my house. Uh, and, you know, just being like a couple hours, two and a half hours away, you know. If they'd let me in Canada, I'd go see. Uh, <laughs> I don't like Americans right now, so. No. <laughs> don't blame them. Yeah, all. it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to meet at the Peace Arch, we, we can go chit chat, you know, and you're still on your side. On the side. <laughs> but, yeah. How about you, Ben? How, how about you? Yeah, I mean, friendship definitely just in my personal life, super important to me, always has been. I, I still have, I'm lucky to have friends that I've known nearly my entire life. Um, so, and then to, you know, partway through that, be able to, uh, grow new friendships with the people we're here with right now and uh, and still have a chance to, you know, unexpectedly reconnect in a way and then, you know, just rekindle that friendship is, is uh, I really cherish that. And, you know, just, um, yeah, I think, I just think friendship is really important and, and uh, um, I'm thankful to, to have the, the friends that I have and be here with you guys. How about you, Emily? Um, well, the, this, 
reunion over the last couple of years has like really come at a hard time in my life and like I've been going through a divorce and career change and like just so so many things going on and so it's been actually really awesome <laughs> like it really feels like I'm part of the losers club and it's fine that I'm a loser in real life <laughs> yeah not to like I, but you're not a real a loser in real life yeah. <laughs> um, even though you know I did have somebody pooped their pants yesterday in kindergarten and I had to clean it up oh, right now. <laughs> oh gosh. that's like oh, wow. It's kindergarten is very rewarding, let me tell you. Um, uh, but just like, yeah, it's been amazing to reconnect with everyone and see see familiar faces again and feel like, you know, you're part of it, part of the gang. Cool. Adam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, Adam. Adam. No, no, no. Got no, no. me. Okay. You want to fight? Yeah. <laughs> Let's digitally fight for it. Um, <laughs> That's what friends do. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would say for me, it's my best friends that I've, that I've had throughout my life have always been ones that I can kind of pick up with where I've left off. Because, I mean, when you grow up, you get old, you have your own life to live, you have your own things to do. And, you know, you can't always be in someone's ear every day like hey what are you up to well the same thing yesterday i had to go to work what did you have to well, i also had to go to work I, yeah it was a good conversation bye um so it's it's those people that you know one of my high school friends that i haven't seen in you know five or six years i can meet them again and be like oh pick up right where we left off and that was kind of what happened when we all finally met up again and i mean there's every chance that given how young we were when we met and the different paths we went on one of us could have been a real jerk and it turned out to be none of us. So that was kind of, well, I mean, Brandon, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's someone been awesome. Has, someone <laughs> has, to, has to do it. <laughs> but no, it's been amazing to be able to do something such a long time ago and then have it sort of organically reform and have us all be able to reconnect in this way. It's been awesome. Yeah. yeah. But can I say really quick though, just before we lose that point, because I really appreciate that, that John Campo Piano has a lot to do with that too. Absolutely. Who's like the Mike Hanlon of, yeah. of today. <laughs> yes. Calling everybody and be like, are you gonna be there? Yes, yes. But anyway, so yes, thank you, John. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, it's like what I said last week, you know, yeah, how time is in a vacuum. Um you know, when we did Atlanta, it was Marlon. I saw Marlon for the first time in 27 years. We picked up, like, you know, like we said, right where we left off, which is crazy. And every time John hits us with a new, like, factoid or some information comes back to light in a, a panel or something, it all floods back. And these people are easily some of my favorite humans because we spent not just a summer together like people do at camp we spent a concentrated like working summer together um and we accomplished something that people still give a shit about 30 years later and that's amazing yeah. the way i see it and I, I mean so we'll always have this bond and, and if i do live up to the jerk thing I, it's great to know that <laughs> they'll still accept me with open arms please uh, accept me with open arms <laughs> uh, well i mean 
you can see the chemistry here. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's so palpable. And, you know, we're on Zoom. And so there's really no way to touch any of it. You feel it, it's, it's so, it's, it's, it's just alive. And it's wild. <laughs> um, but it's, and that, and that is special. And I can see that. And it's, I think that's, that's ultimately been one of the most rewarding things the last two calls. It's just been able to see you all just like kind of react and make jokes and batter. And it's like, you know, God, I hope I, it's, it's like that quote from what Stand By Marriage is like, you know, do we ever have friends like you mm -hmm. have when you were 12, 12 years old? And it's like, clearly no. I mean, this is something special. <laughs> something special. Brandon, can I put you on the spot really quick? You have a great story about uh, Tim, seeing Tim Curry again years later. Oh, yeah. Could Thanks, you John. <laughs> no. It's around that time, actually. Um, I'll try and make this quick. I um, just got my equity card. Uh, so I was doing some musicals and, and um, you know, that's a nighttime thing. Rehearsals usually at night. And so I was doing, I was a messenger during the day. So I'm sitting in like Century City <clears throat> waiting for my next dispatch. And um, I got a text on the pager that said, you know, Tim Curry, pick up, deliver to BDO Seedman. Um, do not disturb occupant. <laughs> I'm like, the Tim Curry? Like, wait, that couldn't possibly be. <laughs> um, so I drive up in the Hollywood Hills. And as I get closer, I start thinking, wait a minute, this is probably, this probably, why wouldn't they, why do not disturb occupant? It has to be the Tim Curry. <laughs> so, you know, I get there. And, um, I had to disturb Tim Curry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, of course, I'm gonna knock on the door. So I knock on the door and um, she opens the door and she's like, uh, it's in the mailbox. I said, yeah, I know, but are we talking the Tim Curry? Like Pennywise Tim Curry? And, and uh, his wife goes, Oh my God, Tim! <laughs> so it was super cool. Uh, invited me and we got to chat for a little while and talk about old times. And, and he pretended to care enough to make me feel, um, <laughs> to, to make me feel like remembered, you know? And, uh, and then I went my, you know, separate ways. You know, um, but that was super cool. And shortly after um, I got a, assigned tin of spam <laughs> we did spam a lot and it was even cooler that he remembered who i was when he personalized it for me you know yeah. like i wasn't there a friend of mine saw it and that was cool i mean yeah. so he's 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 way more down to earth than than you would expect someone of that stature yeah, yeah. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you guys so much for making the time again. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to be an excellent uh, two-part uh, panel. So. Yeah, and I think it's fitting. Yeah, chapter one. Yeah, chapter one. To chapter, chapter two. two. Um, <laughs> we actually have uh, a sign-off on the, the Losers Club pod where, you know, we'll say long days and then the guests say pleasant nights. So um, would you want to take part in that to close us all out? Sure. sure. All right. Well, this has been an unreal experience and one that I'll remember for long days. Pleasant, pleasant nights.
This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>